Top of the day, everyone. It is hot garbage day. I'm your host, Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Buddha Badass. We are on episode 14 right now. Isn't this wonderful? Whoop, whoop. Yes, and you know what? We have a, a crazy episode to go over because we're talking about, remember last week I said we're going to talk about Christopher Scarver? This is the guy that murdered Jeffrey Dahmer in prison. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, but you know what? I've been doing so much research and like, so it's crazy because like I was saying, like Dahmer is probably the true crime case that I know the best. Like the back, you know, I've researched it so many times. I That's know, because like, you guys home. used to date. No. <laughs> you and Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody. You weren't supposed to tell anybody. I've seen them high school pictures, bro. Whatever. <laughs> Him but, with his shirt all open and shit. Oh, like, Dahmer chest, huh? Mm. <laughs> but no, like, it's crazy that I've never researched this guy. I don't know why I never, like, actually researched. I never went into the deep dive of this man. I can't believe it. And when I started deep diving this man, it's just... The, all I'm going to say is when I tell you this case, it is the pot calling the kettle black. Because he killed Dahmer for all the horrible things he did, but he did horrible things too. Oh. And it's going to make you mad. Oh. I don't know. I don't know how to feel right now. Yeah. Even though I think you're a murderer list, they need to come up with that saying, like, you're prejudiced against murderers. You're choosing <laughs> your murderers as favorite of other murderers. Right. And you need to be equal to the murder. That's what I said. I never understood the whole, like, prison justice thing, because I'm like, you guys are all in there for, well, not everybody's in there for murder, but all the murderers are in there for murder. You guys took somebody's life. Unless it's, like, self-defense, does it matter whose life or how many lives you took? Uh, hmm. Mm. So I'm like, what the fuck? That is, that's, that's a quick, that's a, that's a question right there. Yeah. Like, if you're, like, performing the Holocaust like Hitler, should you not be hung? I'm a fan of the death penalty, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, you, yeah, but that's a different. This is like, but if you were a murderer, would you go to another murderer and be like, your murder was worse than mine? Like, I don't know. Like, like I said, I kind of felt it. like Dahmer was gonna get off in, in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, especially people that were minorities, and they felt like this guy was just gonna get away with it again. Yeah, and it's it's that Wild West justice sometimes that I'm not completely mad at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what the whole Punisher franchise is about. Yeah, you know, some the fact that the law doesn't like push the, where people get past those leak and those loopholes of the law. Yeah, is is not justice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll decide after this case. I'll get into it right now. All right, let's rock it. So, Christopher Scarver, he was born July 6, 1969. He was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He was the second of five kids. He struggled a lot. Now, he did struggle a lot with racial discrimination. So, because of this, he did develop a deep resentment for white people. And he would later say this to a prison psychiatrist. That, you know, he he just felt like, you know... They were all against him and stuff because of everything that he had went through. And the research didn't show exactly, it didn't break down exactly like every single scenario that he went through. It just said that he went through a lot of racism. Okay. Now, he dropped out of school in the 11th grade and he did have discipline issues along with academic issues. So because of this, he decided to just quit school. Now, he was kicked out of his mother's house after becoming addicted to alcohol and weed. She didn't want that around her other kids. Now, Scarver was eventually hired as a trainee carpenter at the Wisconsin Conservation Corps job program. So basically, this was like, it was just a program. It was like a job corps program, you know? It's supposed to help you find jobs and everything like that. Mm. If you do a good job, like if you graduate, then they'll give you full-time employment. All right. Yeah, so this was something that was really positive for the youth. But he did end up dropping out of the carpentry program 
the reason that he dropped out was because there was a supervisor that he worked with. His name was Edward Pats. And this supervisor, for some reason, took a really good liking to him. And he saw, like, the best in him. He was like, I'm going to make sure that you get a full-time job. And, you know, he was a person that really pushed him in his life. However, unfortunately, that supervisor got terminated. Oh. So when he, yeah, so when he got terminated, of course, everything that he promised him, like, the new supervisor didn't come in and do it because it was a different relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. So because of that, Christopher ended up kind of just, like, just quitting, you know? Now, after this, he went on a downward spiral. He began drinking, drinking more. He started using drugs more. Um, and then while he was in his drunken state, he said he heard voices calling him the chosen one. So at this point, his mental health started declining as well. Now, later Thanks. on... okay. Yeah. So later on, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and he was suffering from delusions once in a while as well. Now, this whole time, he did have a girlfriend, and she was pregnant with his bo- his little boy. He um, eventually after he was arrested and everything and we'll get to his arrest later she ended up having a baby boy named christopher jr now we'll get to we're gonna... i've always thought about that with chosen ones like if everybody's the best rapper alive mm-hmm. you know and everybody's the hardest gangster like mm-hmm. how many numbers is number one then you know like well yeah i mean only one person can be number one but every but it's crazy because everybody feels like it's totally their number one but that's why it's like judged by something else like you know like the billboard music chart or something like that somebody else has to judge that you right know? like i've always learned in like basic math and you know division and uh mathematics and you know maybe uh multiplying and doing that whole turn them over and upside down the common denominator all that stuff one of the things is if if you have something that's common, it, it nullifies itself. You know, yeah. like, so if everybody's the one, ain't nobody the one. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's what makes it so hard, you know. Or your ego gets bruised because then, of course, somebody else judges. Like, okay, this person's number one and you're second. It's like, why am I second place? I know I'm first place. You can't accept it. Right. It sounds like you some know? middle school stuff. You're number one. Yeah. And you're number one. Yeah. And you know what you are? Number one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's We're passing number ones around to everyone. Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing now. I guess a lot of schools and stuff is starting to pass out trophies to everybody. And I don't agree with that because it's like, you know, because they don't want kids to feel bad. I guess that's a thing now in sports that everybody gets a trophy. So you'll have like number seven gets a trophy now. And I was like, that's not fair. I think that is fair. Trouble. But I think you just like to sit here and look down upon children and feel like your child is better than them. You're like, well, how does it prove that my child is better if you got well, a number two. Well, <laughs> okay, you caught me. I'm just saying, or like, because people that work hecka hard for that spot, right? It's like, why the hell do I have to feel worse about myself because I'm number one and you're giving this person that was number seven a trophy? It's just not fair. See, yeah, you want to not... be able to gloat. You're like, I deserve the one yes. and I deserve to be better than the seven. Right, I'm the one that sat up Show all that. night. Show it on stage. Yeah. He's worse than me. It's a progression. <laughs> It says the sixth guy, the fifth guy, and who's the best? You already know. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, what second place is just first to lose. That's all it is. Uh, I know Ricky Bobby says that. (laughs) But I don't know if anybody else says that. Well, I believe Ricky Bobby. (laughs) You know, we're the third planet from the sun, so we wasn't the first to do it. So, you know, third ain't so bad. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're so funny. I can't take you. (laughs) 
I love to see. Okay, so, okay, now we're going to get to the crime. Are you ready to get to the crime? All right, this, this crime is ridiculous. Okay, so, on June 1st, 1990, Christopher, he was struggling so bad financially that he decided to go back and rob the conservation corp that he was working at. So, he went to the training office, and he felt like, you know, that they owed him for messing up his life and not putting him in the position that was promised to him after Edward Patz was let go. So he brought a 22 caliber semi-automatic pistol and the new uh, site manager was named John Fahan. He was a site manager and the guy that replaced Edward Patz was named Steve Lohman. So they, them two were both in John's office at this time. Mm -hmm. Now Christopher walks in, he forces Steve Lohman to lay on the floor. Now Scarver dep demands money from John Fahan. Um, and John Fan at that point handed him $15 out of his pocket. Damn. Yeah, he was like, that's all he had. I mean, that's all he had. Yeah, he was like, in cash, that's all he had. Now, Scarver got so mad that John only handed him $15. He got hostile, and so he shot Steve in the head. And then he looked at John, and he was like, now, do you think that I'm kidding? That's what he said when he shot Steve in the head. And then he was like, I need more money. That's exactly, those were exactly his words. So, I mean, what can he do right? at that point? Unless he want to take me to the ATM. Right. Like, that. that's, this stuff always, like, makes me, because it's a scary situation. Because, like, even somebody like me, I don't carry cash. I, I don't carry, carry my no car. cash. Right. So, you it's might like, get 75 cents off yeah. me if you drive me at gunpoint. That's what, that's what makes it so scary. Because what happens if I really don't have it? I'm not playing with you. Like, I only have my cards. Man, so I'll turn my pockets that. inside out. Like, bro, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I'll turn my socks, my pockets. What do you want, man? Yeah. If you, I'll get butt naked if you want me to. I ain't got no pride. Right. I mean, to save my life, I absolutely would get naked. Man, bend over and cough. Just so you know, sir, ain't yeah. nothing else here. There's nothing. And nowadays, most people don't carry cash. Everything's debit cards and electronics. So. In the Midwest, I, they do. It was funny. It was funny to go out there. It was weird from mm -hmm. going to California. They they expected you to have cash. They was asking for a lot of stuff in cash. Like, you got to pay for this in cash? Like, what do you mean? Pay for mechanic in cash. <laughs> right. Like, what? Like, the... what? If you don't pull out an ATM card or something right, right now. I'm not. I mean, if it's anything over $20, even then people get robbed for $20. So I'm nervous. Yeah. To carry so I don't, anything. Man, I'm a, yeah, I'm not carry cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do. Now. So at this point, Scarver shot Steve's dead body. He was already dead. He was already dead, but he shot him two more times. At that point, John wrote him a check for three thousand dollars. Now this is the stupidest part of the crime because I'm like, why? You you know the check is going to be canceled as soon as you leave there, right? Did you really think he was going to be able to cash that check? <laughs> I'd have gave him a check. Like, Anything to make you happy, brother. Like I would Anything have Anything to get but, you out of here, right? But I'm like, dude, I'd have I made him one of those big ones, like from those commercials yeah. and stuff like that. Like you wanted a big ass cardboard check, yeah. I could fix it up for you. I would have wrote him a ten thousand dollars check. No, I'd have him well. a million. Yeah, like, <laughs> so here you go, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> oh my god, this is crazy. So. And so basically, at that point, Scarver shot Steve again to let him know that that wasn't enough money either. So when Scarver shot Steve in the head a third time, he went ahead, he snatched the check out of John's hand, and he stole his credit card as well. Okay. And yes. Now he ran from the office while trying to shoot at John. So he was running while he was shooting, but he missed. So he didn't shoot John, but he killed Steve. Okay. So Steve's dead body is on John's floor. Now, there was a super big manhunt for this guy because, of course, everybody knew who he was. I mean, it was his old place of work. And he was only caught a few hours later after he did this. So 
When they caught him, he was sitting on the steps of his girlfriend's apartment building. He was holding the gun, the credit card, and the check in his hand. That was wow. stupid. Yeah, that was the stupidest part. I don't even do. Was he trying to get caught? Because you were sitting there with a gun in your hand, the check, and the credit card. Did you like not? He must have had a breakdown of some sort. Yeah. And <laughs> just I'll... gave up. And, yeah, because they just like man, they just walked right up on him, and he was just holding everything. Now. He told the police that he didn't know why he did it and he had just snapped because he was upset at, you know, get, like not getting the job and he needed money. He was really broke and he was he had a baby on the way and everything. So he said that he had planned to turn himself in, but the voices in his head, um, he called the voice in his head. The family told him to not turn himself in and to do these things. Now, the family are the voices in his head and he, they, he said that they consist of a woman, a man, a boy and a girl. That's the family. So each okay. one of them talks to him. They told him that everything was going to be okay. So Scarver pleaded insanity at trial. His defense failed to get an insanity plea, and they found the court found him legally sane to stand trial. Wow. So yeah, so they found that he was in his right mind when he robbed these people. And they was like, a part of it was, you know, because that was his previous job. So it was like, you know, you had a motive to do this. So they didn't find that he was so insane, you know. Oh, okay. Now that was he, a tough call. Yeah. Now he was sentenced to life at a maximum security prison at the Columbia Correctional Institution in Wisconsin. Now at the prison, he started getting treatment at a mental health wing that was in the prison. He suffered severe delusions in prison and he was prescribed medication and antipsychotic medication to kind of keep that in check. But he wasn't psychotic according to y'all yeah. analysis, but he gets yeah. taken antipsychotics. Well, I thought that, that was kind of crazy because I see this happen a lot to where you're legally able to stay in trial, but yet once you get in there, you'll start taking medications for it. They'll treat it, but it's like you weren't legally. That's, I never understood how that works. Yeah, I don't understand that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it is. say you can stand trial, you're sane, but once you go to jail, we're going to give you insane medicine. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a, yeah, that's like a, what do you call it, catch-22 there, isn't it? Right, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't say that's a catch-22, but that does, that does sound uh, unique, that sounds interesting. Now, in prison, he did try to commit suicide twice, and now, around the same time, well, not around the same time, so he arrived to the prison a year after Dahmer. So, and everybody should know, if you guys are listening to this, go back and listen to the first two episodes that we did about Dahmer, because that tells everything about Dahmer, so I'm not going to get into it. I'm sure everybody knows about Dahmer, but I'll kind of summarize it. Uh, Dahmer, of course, had a 13-year killing spree and was arrested in 1991. Scarver was arrested in 1992. Dahmer had 16 life sentences for the 17 murders, in which he tortured, raped, and ate people, and he killed them and had sex with their bodies. Now, when Dahmer got to the prison, he was kept in isolation, but a year in his sentence, he asked to be moved to Jim Pop because he just, you know, he at that point had gotten baptized, he wanted to be around people, and he felt like a new man. So in Dahmer's mind, he was like, because he had gotten baptized, he was a new man, he felt like he could really be around people, but he didn't really think that people still didn't forgive him, even though he was baptized. And so... I mean, so many people get baptized in there. Yeah, right. I mean, didn't uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character on Gangs of New York walk out of there with a Bible, from, you know what I'm saying, and be oh, all in Christianity beforehand, too? I forgot about that. Right, huh? Yeah, like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> right, he still had a lot of enemies. Now, 
most of the time when he first uh, was back in gym pop, Dahmer would have a guard with him when he left his cell most of the time. Now, the inmate said, and I didn't really talk much about Dahmer's life in prison, but inmate said that Dahmer had a very cocky and arrogant and superior attitude He was because he was very infamous. And I forgot to put this into the last... Um, uh, the last episode that we did, but Dahmer really got famous off his murders. I'm talking about he was... On, I mean, that yeah. goes without saying. It's yeah. a TV show. Yeah, he, yeah, there's a TV show, but outside of this, so he was on every newspaper. If you went to the grocery store, every magazine had his face on the cover. He was interviewed by a lot of different news outlets. They would go to the prison, they would sit him down, they would interview him a couple times. He was even interviewed with his dad sitting next to him, so they did a father and son interview. He had fans writing to him he even had women even though he was gay he had women like writing to him wanting to put money on his books and everything like Dahmer was like everything like he literally rose to fame from all his murders so because of this he in prison not cool yeah so because of this in prison like he because of that he knew who he was and he was just like he was very cocky um the media was always talking about him so he would constantly make jokes to other inmates about the murders. He would, like I, um, uh, like I said the other time, he played with his food. He turned his food into like male, like body parts and put ketchup on it. And then when he was done, he would just kind of leave it there so people could find it. He wrote a sign that said Cannibal Anonymous Meeting Tonight and he put it up on his door in his cell. He was, and because he was named by the media the Milwaukee Cannibal, he used to walk up to guards and prisoners and say, be careful, I bite. And so, yeah, he would do a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, and they said he just walked around the prison. Like, <laughs> he the, thought he was Takashi 6 9 Yeah, like, he, he was, thought somebody was just going to take care of anybody that came up and tried to bother him. Yeah, like they said he was just so cocky. So now at first, Christopher, Christopher was so disgusted by him, but he kept his distance from him. He was so disgusted. He would just kind of sit back. He would like watch him, but he never had interactions with him. But he was disgusted by the fact that he killed all those black men. And, you know, he didn't want to have any kind of interaction with him. And then Dahmer, somebody tried to kill Dahmer before. Somebody named Osvaldo tried to stab Dahmer in the neck. Is that a Russian? No, Osvaldo was Puerto Rican. I think he was Puerto Rican. Okay. He was definitely a, uh, yeah, he was Puerto Rican. And he stabbed him. He said the reason he stabbed him because he was like, that could have been him. That could have been anybody like of color. And he did not like what Dahmer did. So he tried to make an attempt on his life a mm. little bit before Christopher did. But when he stabbed him in his neck, it was very, uh, it was a very, um, what do you call it? It wasn't a deep wound. Uh-huh. There was a superficial wound. So Dahmer had to get treatment, but he was fine. Now, on November 28th, 1994, Christopher was put on cleaning duty with Jeffrey Dahmer and Jesse Anderson. Now, I didn't know this. So, Jesse Anderson is the other inmate that Christopher killed along with Dahmer. Uh So, I just want to go a little bit over because we're going to cover Jesse Anderson, too. And I was like, I cannot believe that another guy was killed with Dahmer because I was always like, this guy killed Dahmer, but I didn't know about this guy. So, I did a deeper research onto this guy as well. So, this guy's going to have his own episode because his... His story is crazy, too. And I can see a little bit why Christopher... Now, I see why Christopher wanted to kill him, too. Now, Jesse Anderson was another inmate serving a life sentence because he had killed his wife. He had stabbed her 21 times. And, wow. yeah, and so basically what he did, though, he what he did was he bought a baseball cap, and when the police got there, he literally said that two black men had broken into his house and, and killed her. So he, for a long time, he got away with it because they was looking for two black men. 
and everything pointed back to him. I think they was able to like trace back that he was the one that bought the hat. I didn't go too much into it because I'm going to go further when we actually do him. Okay. But this, but this might have been a point of contention for Christopher and why, because he was like, Jesse Anderson is racist. Like, so Dahmer killed all these black and brown men. So he was upset at Dahmer. Christopher Anderson is racist because he literally said two black men broke into his house that didn't even exist, but he tried to put his wife's murder on black men. Right. So he was like, here's another racist white guy. It probably sounded like the perfect scenario where somebody said a racist joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So something does happen, and I'm going to get into that right now. Now, they were escorted by the door by the guards, and they were left unattended. And so they were supposed to be cleaning the gym of the prison. So now after mopping the floor and cleaning the toilet in the gym, Christopher said that one of them poked him in the back playfully. Now he didn't know if it was Dahmer or Anderson. So while he was filling a bucket of water, he looked at both of them and he said that they was both laughing at him. It was like one of those, one of, one of them did it, but they're kind of looking at each other and they're not going to tell you which one did it. It was one of those kind of scenarios. Right. So they were both laughing and stuff. And Christopher said that he looked them both in the eye, but he could not figure out who did it. (coughs) Now, at this point, the three men split up because they all had their own cleaning detail duties in the gym. So what Christopher followed Dahmer first. And at that point, he had a five pound barbell that he had concealed from the weight room with him. And so he had that under his like. I mean, hoodie. did he just always keep that ready? No, because remember they were cleaning the gym. So he so went, this yeah. is premeditated. Yeah, so he went. He got himself a barbell, and then he, after he filled the bucket of water, he went and got himself a barbell, and then he went and approached Dahmer first. Okay. Now, Dahmer was mopping, and so when Christopher walked up to him, he pulled a newspaper clipping out of his pocket of all of Dahmer's murders, and he was asking Dahmer about it. He was like did you do all of these things that it says in the newspaper? And basically it was said Christopher Scarver carried this new newspaper clipping of Dahmer everywhere because he was so disgusted by it. Okay, so he, so he wasn't just sitting back watching because he didn't want to interact with him. His man was studying his movement, studying mm-hmm. what, what was going on and thinking about the time when he get along mm-hmm. with this man. And he was plotting on him yeah. because he had, this, he had this newspaper the whole time. The like, whole time? Yeah. yeah, that's not a coincidence. Yeah. That's a man who wanted to see you down. Now... Christopher was saying that Dahmer at this point started getting super nervous and he started kind of glimpsing towards the door, but the door was so far. So Christopher was standing in in the middle of him. The door was so far. So he wasn't even at this point going to be able to run. Like there was just nothing that he was going to be able to do. And at this point, Christopher just went ahead because Dahmer admitted, yes, I did all those things in the paper. Once he said that, Christopher just bashed his skull in. He just kept bashing his skull in with the weight. He left him on the floor. Dahmer's skull, Dahmer's head was open and he was just covered in blood, you know? And Christopher was like, he didn't have time to fight back or anything. Once that weight just got into him, he just bashed his skull in and that was it. Now, Dahmer was unbelievably unrecognizable when he was found. But before he was found, Christopher went and found Anderson at his work duty and he used the weight and beat him to death as well. But the only thing different was Dahmer died within hours. Anderson was placed on life support and he died two days later. I mean, his face was that mutilated and he still stayed alive for hours? Good yeah. God. Yeah, he stayed alive for two hours. But they did say, so when they found him, his breathing, Dahmer's breathing was very shallow. And when he got to the hospital, they just knew he wasn't going to make it at all. Right. But the thing is, this whole thing, the, the Columbia County Sheriff, James D. Smith, said that there was people around because everybody was questioning. So how did one inmate 
get to beat two other inmates to death and they were both in different areas so they had to beat Dahmer to death and then he went somewhere else and beat this other guy to death so was the guards not looking and there has been a lot of people that have thought that those specific guards kind of just turned their backs you know and just kind of let this happen um, well we've heard well I can't say yeah. I've heard it but I've seen it on movies and stuff like that yeah. plenty of times and they depicted and stuff like that and there's nobody that's coming back saying mm-hmm. from the police department like there's an untrue action that's yeah. happening mm-hmm. with police. You know, so I don't know. It seems yeah. like it seems like it's something that is said, like an unspoken rule mm-hmm. that is said, like you give them a pack of smokes or something like that. Yeah. And turn around and let people get beat down. Yeah, I mean, because then that, you know, that does seem like it's what happened. It's because it, it's a good point. It's like you, you can hear somebody getting beat to death. You know what I mean? Right. And especially because, like, Dahmer was somebody that was supposed to be guarded anyway. So it's like, how did this happen? And then if you didn't, if you weren't able to save Dahmer, how were you not able to save this other guy? How was he able to walk all the way somewhere else and beat him to death, too? You know? It's a time but, period. Yeah. Like, you got three minutes. Yeah. You know, or, or 45 seconds. And so he's like, let's get that beat down. Yeah, yeah. And this was uh, this was fatal for two men, you know. Now, they sat, the Columbia County Sheriff, James D. Smith, said that there was eight people that should have been out there at the time. There was two guards, there was a rec- and there was a recreational directors as well. So that's why everyone was like, somebody should have heard something, you know. Mm-hmm. Now... Anderson, now a lot of people said, you know, the motive Christopher had was, well, Christopher said the motive he had was because Anderson tried to frame two black men, even though the black men didn't exist. It was the fact of the matter. He said two black men, you know what I mean? So the police was looking for black men in his wife's prison. And of course we know why he killed Dahmer. He was just disgusted with him. Mm-hmm. So Christopher pleaded no contest for the killings. He received two more life sentences and he, they transferred him to a federal prison. Now, after these murders, he was held in solitary confinement for 10 years. So that actually intensified his uh, his mental health issues. because wow. Yeah, because he was held in mental, uh, just solitary, 10 years in solitary confinement. Now, he did try to bring a civil action suit against the prison because he stated that his constitutional rights had been violated over the number of years that he spent in solitary confinement. He said that this was cruel and unusual punishment. I mean, they, he said because in his cell there was no windows. That he said typically it can get up to a hundred degrees, and he had suicidal thoughts because of this. The court dismissed the lawsuit because he said because they said he murdered two prisoners and that basically he brought this on himself, this solitary confinement. So basically, at one point after the ten years, he was transferred back to he was transferred to Colorado, mm. and now that's where he's serving his time there. He's going to spend the rest of his life there in Colorado. But he feels like he is better with like kind of monitoring his psychotic breaks. He is watching like his sugars, his like breads and stuff like that because for some reason he said a lot of the foods that he eats makes his psychotic breaks worse. So that's what he's working on right now. Okay. Now, during his time in confinement, he did keep a close relationship with his son. Christopher Jr. really encouraged him, he said. And the good thing is Christopher Jr. is out here thriving. I mean, he received scholarships from the Creative Corrections Education Foundation. And this is a program that was put in place for children whose parents are incarcerated. So, basically, he graduated with a degree in sociology. He's the first person in his family to ever go to college and ever earn a degree. So, I thought that was amazing. Right. Now, he said that when he was growing up, Jeffrey Dahmer's name followed him his whole life. 
He was like, because when he was 10 years old, he found out that his dad murdered Jeffrey Dahmer, but he didn't quite understand, like, you know, because he was a kid, he didn't understand, like, the severity of it. Mm -hmm. And so he was said, he, he saw it on the news, and he saw that his dad was the one that had murdered him. And he didn't know how serious it was. He was like, he always believed that one day that his dad would come home. And it wasn't until he was older that he understood that his dad was never coming home. But he does credit his dad for keeping him on the right track because he kind of looks at his dad and he never wants to be like that at all. He says that he has a prison photo of his dad on his dorm room door. And that was really touching. And so right now, Scarver, his dad, Scarver Sr. spends his time in prison writing songs, painting, doing music, compositions, short stories, poetry, and he even writes some of the prison policy proposals. And now when he was 19, when he went to prison, so he's been in there for like 30 years. So he spent, yeah, he spent more time in prison than out at this point. That's one of the reasons why I say I believe in the death penalty, man. Yeah. It's just a a lot in in a sense of, even when that person, like, if you haven't been there for that doggone long, mm-hmm. when, like, when they actually get to the terms of dying, even if it's on their own terms, mm-hmm. they're going to barely even remember how the the incident of what went down actually went down. Oh, yeah. It's going to be what you guys kept telling them, like, what the incident was, and they're going to either kind of remember it partially with that. Or, you know, remember, like, what they felt was the highlights of it. Yeah, yeah. Because eventually you had to start kind of fading away, like... As all all things do. Yeah. You know, like, Mm -hmm. when you're, like, 70 years old, you don't remember what you did when you were 19. Yeah, especially because he went in, I was, like, 19. That's so young to go into prison. Like, man, that's a long time. Right? So that's why I'm, like, either kill him or let him out, man. Like, don't don't keep people in there for that doggone long. What was your opinion about the solitary confinement for 10 years? That that was a really... That's excessive. That's excessive. Like, I don't know. Because they said he killed two prisoners. So it's like, so they was like, he showed that he can't be around people because of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do understand that. Um, but no, they need to have some type of, <clears throat> I don't know, like managed interaction. Yeah. Uh, managed out, out, outward time and, and, you know, like, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Um, because. I've yet to hear where solitary confinement actually helped the prisoner. Yeah. You know, like, it helped the rehabilitation of the prisoner. It well, if anything, it makes you, yeah, down. it makes you have more psychotic breaks. It, it does, because you're just in that cell all the time. No interaction. And it was hot, and there's no windows. Oh, my gosh. Right. I'm I mean, claustrophobic thinking about they, it. I mean, they do need something to threaten the prisoners with. Yeah, that's the, that's the only thing they can tell, like, threaten them with, because what else can they do? Right. Know? So it's like a, it's like a catch twenty two, but ten years is excessive. Yeah, ten years is kind of like wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, what if this case was crazy, wasn't it? Um, no, it was actually pretty open, more open shot than I thought it would be. What like so now did that kind of like what do you think now about the whole since you've heard this? What do you think about the whole prison justice thing? Do you think that you know like he was kind of right for the justice? Because a lot of people are saying that he was a hero and because he killed Dahmer and then but other people are coming and saying but wait a minute yeah he killed Dahmer but he also killed an innocent man that was just at work that day you know too so he's not necessarily a whole hero either. Yeah because it's it, I, I think he plays it perfectly of uh, the the good and the bad, like all in one of what what prison justice could be. Yeah, you know, like it's easy to, to you know do that cop label and be like they're all scumbags and so they just get what they deserve, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, or some old Batman type sound and stuff. But 
in reality, we don't know how far that other guy had been rehabilitated from what he what he had done. Like I said, it seems like some it was a perfect uh, opportunity for that to be a, a racist joke or something like that. I will say that, <clears throat> but there was nothing that said that. Yeah, it's just and, a poke. Know, That's all that happened when somebody poked him playfully. And right. Like... Um. So, I will say it. It makes it even though I'm not intending on going to jail. It makes me fearful for people that I may know that get into any type of situation where they mm-hmm. may end up going to jail or have mm-hmm. to do something with jail because it doesn't seem like people are completely safely serving their time. Oh, yeah. 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 No, like, and we'll go over a lot, especially these high-profile criminals that say stuff. Yeah, a lot. They're not safe. Like, it was, um, who was it that we would, Chris Watts. It was like, he has to be guarded because, remember the guy that killed his family? He has mm-hmm. to be guarded. People hate him in there because he killed his family. Wow. And so, yeah, you can't, I mean, you think about it, you got life, and you gonna be up in there fearing for your life, too? Like, that's why I can't do nothing to go to prison. Right, right. Because that's what it is. It's intense. But I, I feel it is equally the same. The guy that killed, if you guys decide, hey, this guy killed five-year-olds for 20 years and wore yeah. their heads on the highway, if you guys decide you're gonna put them in the prison system and not put them on death row. Yeah. Or even put them on death row, but have them there for 40 freaking years, which I yeah. think is horrible. Um, but you guys, he, he even should be safe. Like, yeah. He has the right of a civilian, of a person, where you guys put him in a scenario. You can't put him in basically a, a gladiator pen. Yeah. And tell him to survive for 40 years just so you could kill him. Well, I feel like, too, like, it feels like the guards is there to just to make sure people don't escape. It's not, they're not really there, like, to protect you necessarily, it seems like. Because they can't, because a lot of people get killed in prison, and they can't be everywhere every time. That's the scary part about it. That's so scary. It is scary. It is scary. That, that, and there's nothing you can do. I, I, yeah, I've not been in there to know. You're right. Like, I've seen eyes. Like, what, <laughs> yeah, what can you, you can't find no restraining order because you're going to be around and there ain't no restraining order. It's nothing. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's why we cannot go to prison. But I like to think if I go to prison, I'm going to be the bully. I'm going to be the bully. I mean, everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to be. <laughs> oh everybody, God, be the you know, feel like bully. they're going to bust some moves like Jet Li. <laughs> no, I'm not. Beat everybody off of them. <laughs> um, but it's it's the it's the they believe prisoners do believe in overwhelming force yeah you know what I mean so it's not usually from what I'm 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 learning from example is usually there's like a guy hold like two guys holding you down and then two guys stabbing you mm-hmm. you know like oh, I can't even picture you that. really you really have to be like a martial artist yeah because it's not like oh one on one and they just bring big old Debo in the room and got scars on his face like yeah let's yeah. do this punk it's usually like him and three other guys yeah you know. Man. So that's what changes the odds heavily not in your favor. Yeah. All of a sudden when you, when you are being attacked in a very vulnerable situation and you know and they use the the seconds of the time it's it's it, it's scary. Yeah, it is. Like I said it just sounds to me more terrifying than the justice that you guys was trying to have people serve. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah, because I mean, yeah, you did horrible things, but this prison is my punishment. So do I also have to worry about my life, too? That's the thing. Right, right. (laughs) Now now you're in the real Wild West. Yeah. You know, so I think that to definitely be more of segregating populations. Yeah. In the sense of there should be prisons just for this and prisons just for that, and there should be more of that in that sense. Yeah. But... Oh God! Oh, I don't yes. know if I will pull the whole. I'm just gonna stay in my room all day, hard. Like not even come out. Just, I mean, Mike Tyson <laughs> did it. 
Just, yeah. You gave yourself his own solitary confinement. Yeah, I'm staying in my fucking room. Like, well, I don't need to come out here and watch TV for what? Man. <laughs> I can hear from in here. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need to get to know I, nobody. I don't I, need to know what happened with nothing, man. Yeah, I just want to do my time. Bruh. Man, this is crazy. Well, did you have anything to put in for the stupidest part of the crime? You know, I never do. I, even, I, I do. I I see the struggles that these people are going through mentally, each each one of them. Yeah. Each one of them has a story for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all do as people. And yeah. So, and so that's kind of the relatability mm-hmm. of like, hey, dang, life was crappy sometimes. And life does be crappy sometimes. Oh my gosh, yes. And, but you know what? I would say, I was talking to a friend about it the other day. It's like, that's why I thank, you know, God for every single day. Because it's like, when we think we're going through so much, these cases make me see there's people that's going through way worse. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I can't complain about anything. I will never complain about anything ever again. Because these people, from the victims to the killers, they all have had just crazy stuff with their mental health. It'd be both ways. It'd be both ways. Yeah, it'd be crazy. And it's just like, I will never complain about anything ever again. Because my problems ain't shit. (laughs) That's, That's what this tells me. Well, Life is rough. Well, you know what we're we're covering next week? What is that? We are covering the case of John Benet Ramsey. Do you know that case? Uh, I know Chef Ramsey. <laughs> well, unfortunately, <laughs> we will not be eating good next week, but we will be talking about a little six year old beauty pageant queen that was murdered. And her case. This is a little bit different case because her case is actually unsolved. So I we think. I mean, a lot of people think they this case is solved and they know who did it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay the facts out and then you'll kind of tell me what you think and I'll tell you kind of what I think. But this case right now on paper is unsolved. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is this case is insane. It's so insane it's going to have to be two parts. It might be two to three parts because it's just a lot that goes into this case. But it's been for the past 30 years. This happened in 1996. The past 30 years, um, they're still trying to find her murderer and it's not solved. It's insane. Like this, this case is ridiculous. Okay, I am down to do a little murder mystery. It's yeah. gonna be clue night. We should call yeah. it the clue night. And it's our first um child. I think it's our first. No, no, no. We've had child murder cases because the, the Chris Watts killed his whole family. But this one is gonna be specifically, you know, about the child, and we're gonna go into her past and everything like that. I mean, she ain't got that long of a past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. She has six <laughs> years. So. Um, so yeah, so if you want to talk to us, then you can follow us on Facebook at Hot um, Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. Please make sure you join the discussion group. There was something wild. I'm going to tell you after this that happened in the group, but oh, I'm not going to say it on here. Yeah, and I then love the, the tea. Yeah, please. And then, okay, so our Instagram is Hot Garbage Show, so follow us on Instagram. You can also send us a Gmail at hotgarbagenews at gmail.com. And I think that was it. Oh, if you want to, make sure that you rate us on the app and share it and tell all your friends about us because, yes, this Sharon is great. Sharon is Karen. Sharon is Karen, yeah. So thank you so much. So you know we're we're worldwide now. We have listeners in the United Kingdom now. Nice, okay. Isn't this wonderful? We're going to make a trip out to London to see you guys. Hey, I am hucking down, man. I want to stay in London long enough to come back with an accent. Yeah. You know how people go to some place for a weekend and they come back sounding like they're from the South all of a sudden? Yeah, like, bro, yeah. You didn't even go to the South. You went to Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, 
That's what I want to do, man. I want to come back and never speak regular English again. Right. Who's going to think I'm smarter? Yeah. You always just think the British it person is the is British smarter. people are smarter, huh? They just sound so smart. Yeah. They just say stuff so differently. And like, sexy. he knows what you're talking about. Yeah. They can tell me anything. They can tell me that the sky has polka dots in it, and I'll be like, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Let me just look into your eyes. Let me look into your <laughs> mouth as you talk. That's yeah. all I need. <laughs> well, everyone, take care and watch your back out there.